You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Peter's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Podcast number 149 is upon us. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a great show for you today. A lot more, uh, a lot of, a very fun show for you because this is the first time in 149 shows that I actually had a couple on. Uh, we we speak with Jen Sturger, who you know as a television host, a comedian. Uh, she's worked with AEW, uh, the All Elite Wrestling. Um, and we are joined later in the show by her husband, Cody Decker, who is a minor league baseball player who just retired two months ago with an incredible story. And because we have Cody on, we're going to have a little fun and we're going to play a little newlywed game. I am friends with Jen. I've never interacted with Cody before tonight when I recorded this, which was last night, assuming you're listening to this on Thursday. And I texted Jen 10 questions instead of the final 10. We did newlywed, newlywed game questions. I asked Jen 10 questions, then I asked Cody the same 10 questions and see how many of his answers matched up. I told them, I didn't tell Jen this until we actually started recording the podcast, but if Cody got five of the 10 right, I would send them $50 on Venmo. Um, You'll see if that happened, but now that it's out there, uh, Cody threw his Venmo out there and said, hey, anybody else wants to donate, go ahead. Uh, It's at Decker6, D-E-C-K-E-R. Six, the number six. Um, you listen to it, you like it, you think they're fun, and you think they're a funny couple. Throw them a couple bucks. Why don't you Venmo them? Uh, you know, five, ten bucks, whatever you want to do. Anything will help. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you'll see by the end of this podcast if uh, they earned the fifty dollars from me. And um, but yeah, uh, such a fun couple, and they got a great story. Uh, Cody's got a great story about his minor league career and how it ended uh, this past July. So. Very excited about that. Um, real quick on Bachelor news. As you're listening to this, Rose Ceremony number two was last night. I don't know who got eliminated yet. It's uh, At the time I'm recording this, they still haven't technically been eliminated because it's happening as I speak. But, um, yeah, check it out. Um, when I find stuff out, obviously I'll be posting it on Twitter and my Instagram story and putting it in my highlights. So even if you miss the Instagram story that's up for 24 hours, all you got to do is go to the Bachelor 24 spoilers highlight on my Instagram page and read through everything that I've uh, spoiled this season. So uh, we got dates uh, starting today will be episode three. There's a group date today at Florentine Gardens in L.A. Oh, my God. I feel so old. I went I went clubbing at Florentine Gardens when I was in college in the late 90s. Oh, I can't believe they're having a date there. Now, it has nothing to do with being at a club. They're just using that venue. It looks like it's going to be a high end fashion show. Uh, tomorrow is a country-themed date, and then Saturday's date uh, I know is in uh, Chatsworth. Um, I don't. It'll be a group date, I believe. And then Sunday is rose ceremony number three, and then they head out uh, to Ohio uh, next week. Dates on the second, third, and fourth. Rose ceremony number four on the fifth, and then they head down to South America. So, uh, looks like uh, probably the order of Costa Rica, Peru, and then Chile. So, without any further ado, let's get to it. Um, you know where you love her second time on the podcast. I love Jen to death. Uh, she's been such a good friend to me over the years. Uh, so 
Hope you like it. Podcast number 149 with Jen Sturger. Let's bring in our guest. Uh, it's been about a year and a half since we had her on last. A very uh, revealing podcast we did back in February of 18. If you haven't listened to that by now, go check it out. It's Jen Sturger. Jen Decker. Well, I, I need to know how to go. What are, you, what are we going by here? Totally uh, well, it depends. It depends what gig we're at. Most of the time, I still go by Sturger just uh, because people get confused really easily. But yes. uh, on my social media, I think I switched it over to Decker. I had to give him something, but legally, I haven't changed it yet because it's just such a hassle to change your name these days. Like you, don't, you don't realize how many pieces of paper your name's on. Oh, yeah. I can, I can only imagine. And you know, since we last had you on, a lot has happened in your life. Um, Obviously, it changed last name. Um, your husband, <laughs> your husband Cody, uh, retired from baseball uh, back uh, in July, a couple months ago. Yes, um, he's a civilian now. Civilian, and not only a civilian, but you guys started your own radio show, and it's on radio.com. It's called Swings and Misses, and it's this isn't a podcast. This isn't something that uh, you do once a week. You do a full three-hour radio show with your husband. Every day from 10 to 1 Pacific time. That is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's so much content. And luckily, we were able to talk our friend uh, Eddie Penza, a really well-respected comic out here, to join us. So he's kind of like our, our voice of reason, like our moderator who's been married for a while and has a kid. So he like, knows all that stuff. But he kind of plays like the, the referee as well as the comedic relief when things start to get a little heated. <laughs> Totally understandable. Um, I've listened yeah. to a few of the episodes. You guys have a lot of, like you said, you know, you and I were talking beforehand. You guys only have nine minutes of commercials an hour. That is crazy for sports talk radio because most sports talk radio shows are doing, I think, only 38 minutes an hour. Uh, there's probably Yeah, they don't realize how easy they have it. They can yeah. take, you know, like they're taking calls. They're, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're tons of commercials because they have a, a ton of sponsors and it's like no we we're on the air we only get nine minutes out of three hours of commercial breaks so it's uh it's real quick runs to the bathroom if we have anything <laughs> um before we get started and and go into this is going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of fun conversation in this we're actually going to do for the first time i'm going to uh have a couple on we're going to bring your husband cody on at the end of this thing we're going to talk a little bit about his baseball career and your radio show, and then we're going to have a little fun. We're going to play a little newlywed game at the end of this. Thing. Oh, that, no. That, that, that <laughs> Cody's not, uh, as long as you didn't tell him, you didn't cheat, did you? you you've not, no, okay. I didn't. Okay, so he's going to. Uh, no, I honestly want to see the ridiculousness he comes up with, so we'll see. Yeah, I, was, I, I can't wait for this because I want to see, I want to hear his answers, and I have a little a surprise for uh, for both of you if you if you pull through on this. So, oh, God. Um, uh, so, Real quickly, though, um, there was one thing that we didn't talk about last time with you, I don't think, and that was um, your – We actually, we might have, but whatever the case may be. Um, we have – you had a little bit of an animal emergency tonight, um, and <laughs> I, I, I did want to talk about the fact that you're big on animal rescues, and I just tell everyone how you kind of got into animal rescues and what you do for it currently in L.A., Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I've been rescuing animals like, God, since I was in kindergarten, I was always bringing home random animals. You know, it was like, oh, this kitten I found on the street corner or um, the, the school rat. Like I always begged my parents to babysit it, you know, over the holidays. Like I, I just always was surrounded by animals. My parents were big animal lovers. And by that, I mean, 
mostly my mom, my dad just tolerated them. And, um, we, you know, like it was just something that was kind of ingrained in me. Um, I rescued my first like puppy, I would say. I found him in a dumpster outside my smoothie place that I went to every day and brought him home. And I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. And I, I don't know if I ever have experienced anything like that. Like if, if having a baby is anything like that, uh, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet because it would just start crying randomly and I wasn't supposed to have a dog in my apartment. So it was, uh, it was very stressful, but I ended up getting the dog adopted to like a friend of a friend. And I was like, Oh wow. I'm like, that really felt good. It made me feel sad because I had grown attached to it. But, um, I ended up partnering with this group out here called Care Rescue LA because I met a makeup artist and I'd just been telling her about how I'd rescued this puppy out of a dumpster and how I, you know, how much I loved doing it. And she was like, Oh, well I work with the rescue, you know, maybe I'll reach out to you if we need a foster or something. And so I just remember one day I was at the gym and she called me and she was like, was that offer like for real? And I was like, yeah, she's like, Oh, well I have a box of 10 kittens. Can I bring them over to your apartment right now? And I was like, didn't even hesitate. I said, sure, why not? Because I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't scary at all. She brings over these 10 bottle baby kittens and we basically took turns like every couple hours. They like one of the girls from the rescue slept on my couch and we were just feeding these 10 baby kittens for like the next two weeks before we got them off the bottle. And like they just somehow roped me into doing this full time. So it's a, like a registered 501c3. And now, I mean, I've I've helped place so many animals. I've lost count. But I it's so funny. I never forget any of their names though. Like they're they're always like sending me pictures and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that's so and so or that's that's that one." I'm like, I remember every animal's backstory and where I got them from. But I mean, I I totally lost count along the way. And this is Care Rescue LA? Mhm. And is it just is it just dogs and cats? Or is it It's more? dogs, cats, but I mean, we do do certain kinds of environment. We've taken care of a couple of pigs. We've taken in some horses before. We don't really have a facility, though, so it's all based on, like, foster homes. So if we're able to find a place to put the animal, then we've definitely taken on bigger animals. We were a really big help with um, taking in animals that were displaced by all the fires that were happening last year. So, like, last November, our group was one of the few groups that they allowed in to go in and get the animals out of the fire areas in uh, in Malibu Canyon and along the, you know, in the Valley area. So I think we rescued like three or four alpaca, like six horses and like some giant tortoises that some like really rich person had on their property. And they were about 300 pounds each. So it was definitely like one of those surreal days where I was like, I'm picking up what? And getting horse trailers and loading these giant tortoises into the back of them. But, um, you know, luckily most of the animals that we found were in pretty decent shape, all things considering. I was going to say like, that's a, that's a big undertaking for you to do. Um, Oh, Oh yeah. I was insane. I'm going to just go ahead and put it out there. We were insane for doing what we were doing. Plus like, I don't know if you've ever had experiences with alpaca. They're not very nice, the majority of them. I'm like, you're like basically having to like put it in a headlock and like, like I'm trying to save you. <laughs> and they, they are just spitting at you right and left. They're just, they're like not understanding, obviously, because they're spooked by all the chaos going on. But uh, at the end of the day, we found like a ranch to store them all at. It was really cool that how well the animal rescue community came together. It's funny that you mentioned alpacas because uh, two weeks ago, 
I went and saw Sebastian Maniscalco live in uh, in, in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, he's wonderful. <laughs> and he just he did a about a fifteen to twenty minute part of his set. He did an hour and a half, but about fifteen or twenty minutes was spent on getting an alpaca for his kids' par- party, and it was hilarious. Um, oh my god, I can't even imagine. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's a little more well behaved than the ones that I was dealing with. But, no, uh, no, that's... they were a hoot. They look like honestly, they look like llamas with Steve Buscemi's face. Like that's what. <laughs> Like, well, that's the thing. Um, like everything that you were just describing to me is exactly how he did. De- he described it in his set. And that's why it was so funny oh. when you were saying they were spitting all the time because he's like, that's what they do. They just spit. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, and there's no warning. There's no warning at all. But they it, look adorable. But you just you just can't predict them. <laughs> um, You know, that you know, what's funny is um, when you're talking about the animal rescues and I know that you've you you foster right still oh yeah you're still fostering like that's what i that's the animal that cody and i are fostering right now is what sorry your phone cut out real quick i was picking up a uh, i was actually that's what i was doing before i was picking up a animal that cody and i are fostering right now oh what animal is it oh it's just a cat oh it's a cat okay just a cat he's an older cat he's probably about seven and he's got like these big like Scottish fold type ears. So he's got the ears that kind of fold over. He's super adorable. Isn't it tough to foster? Like tough Mid- to the point where you guess I, I just trust me. People have asked me to do it. I have friends that foster and they're like, you should foster because they know I have a dog. And I'm just like, I can't bring myself to do it because why? Because I know that I wouldn't want to give them up. Then I ended up keeping all of them. No, you get over that really fast. I promise. Really? The first one, yeah, the first one that you give away, like that puppy, it crushed me. But after that, I was like, "Oh, this is easy." Like getting those ten kittens out of my bathroom, I was like, "Thank God." Well, yeah, Goodbye, I, all of you. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, if you bring in ten kittens, I'm sure you want to get rid of those quick. But if I like, if someone had one dog to foster, and it, and, it, and it came here, and I really got attached to, so I I wouldn't want to give it up. I know myself, and I wouldn't want to do it, and I just. Ugh, I feel bad Trust saying I don't me. want to foster, no. but no, I get it. But like, I think that that's something that you get over really fast because you realize that they're going to a good home, you know. And that was something with all the animals is that I got to meet their new owners and stuff. So all the animals that I would foster, I would meet their new owners and be like, okay, you're legit. And I'm a lot of times they they stay in touch. Like I, one of the hardest cases I worked on was a lady who. Um, she passed away from congestive heart failure and I had to rehome her dog, but her dog was an older, like pity mix. And I'm going to be frank, the dog wasn't super cute. Um, <laughs> she kind of had like a shark, um, but she, she was a sweet dog, but she had like a lot of allergies and just like, she was going to be a hard dog to place. And I just, you know, got on the internet and, you know, actually, Different members from Bachelor Nation um, retweeted my tweet with like her on it, and we ended up getting her this fantastic home up in Oregon. So I drove the dog up to San Francisco. The lady met me halfway, and now I get videos like almost weekly of her like running around in these gorgeous fields in Oregon. So it's pretty cool to see where they they end up and just see them blossom once they get into their homes. I can see that. I just know myself, and I wouldn't want to give them up. I, I, I don't know. It would be well. Then you'll just have to be the guy with four dogs. Yeah, the guy with four dogs. <laughs> and speaking of that, uh, and and nobody listening out here knows this, um, but when I was in the hunt for after two and a half years of 
my dog uh, who had died in January of 2016, when I finally brought myself to possibly discovering or exploring maybe I should get another dog, you were the first person I turned to. And I I remember I asked you for help and I asked you for advice on what I should do. And if I didn't even know if I was ready and I want to thank you again publicly for uh, helping me kind of put me in the right direction of where to go and kind of what to to look for and actually kind of talk me into it'll be okay to get a second dog or to get another dog. Of course. Like that's the best way you can honor your your other pet was to save another life. That's the way I look at it. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready yet. And the thing is, is there's plenty of dogs out there that even though you're not ready, like they are ready for a home because the shelters are always overflowing. It's a sad truth. You know, California has one of the highest euthanizing rates out there. So I'm constantly telling people like there's not a too soon when it comes to saving a life. And that's one of the best ways that you can honor your pet is to save another life if you're able to do so. Yeah. And it just, it took me two and a half years before I even started even looking and I'm like I I just I totally get it the thought of it because I was like okay I think at some point I'll get another dog but I have to put myself out there to start looking and I just wouldn't look because every time I did see something whether something showed up on a Facebook feed about a dog I couldn't I couldn't look at it I couldn't watch anything dog related it just it 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 bothered me too much and then I just got to a point because like they're part of our family yeah they're absolutely part of our family and if you don't think your animals are part of your family, then obviously we're not going to be friends. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, it's so funny. I think I, I've told this story once, a long time ago. But um, I remember this was way back. This is like I want to say late '90s, maybe early 2000s. I was uh, talking to a female, and it was I never had dogs growing up. Um, I know ne- I didn't have a dog at the time, and I was talking to a girl and. Was it, we were interested in each other, and she was telling me about how um, she had a dog, and that dog slept in the bed with her every night, and I was completely turned off. I was like, wait, what? Like, oh, then I would have been like, sorry, yeah. this isn't going to work. Yeah, and I was like, I can't, I, 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 this was, like I said, this was, I was 20, I was late 20s, um, and I'm just like, I, I, I could not. I had no idea that was a thing. Like I, 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 <laughs> I thought like because I never had a dog growing up. I didn't have a dog at the time. I was like, oh, you have a dog. Oh, it probably sleeps on the floor and you know in a in a crate or on a oh that's you know, adorable. Bed pillow. Yeah, no, that's how I thought. In bed with you. <laughs> yeah, and then she tells me this, and I'm like, I basically lost interest in her after that, and that was very short sighted of me because 15 years later, I got my first dog, and I couldn't, or I wouldn't even say 15. I got I got Maddie in 2008, so maybe. 10 years later, um, I, I got a dog. You were and, the dude with the dog in the bed. And the dog was in the bed with me every single night. And if they didn't, <laughs> and if anybody that I was interested in, that was a female that was over and didn't appreciate it or didn't like it. Sorry. Like it was such a 180 that I did. It was crazy. Like I never, oh, yeah. it, I, you don't know about it until, until you experience it. You, you don't know. And even though my dog currently, even though Luca, you know, pushes me with her legs and sleeps on my head i wouldn't have it any other way like it just i I couldn't not have her in bed with me it's so funny because i was like oh i was scared of of showing cody my crazy cat lady because you're always a little scared to show them that side of you 
Um, I would have had a dog, but honestly, I, I looked at like having a dog as a big responsibility. And I was like, I have to have a boyfriend before I have a dog so that I have someone for the dog to play with um, when I'm working. <laughs> like I need a dog sitter that's like permanent, you know, um, that's in this team situation with me. But I was on the road with Cody. Um, he was playing up in Fresno and I remember I pulled into like the parking lot of the hotel that he was staying in up there, um, playing baseball, obviously. And we pulled into the parking lot and I was like, we were walking up to the room and I heard this like tiny meow and I was like, Oh no. And I was like, Oh crap, it's a kitten. So I wouldn't, I grabbed it. I shoved it into like my jacket and I hit it and I took it up to the room with us. And I'm like, he's like, what, what are we going to do with it? And I'm like, well, obviously we're going to get supplies. It's only 1230 at night. So I made him like take me out to like a super ghetto grocery store and buy like all kinds of supplies for this kitten that we had to like basically hide like, like a little refugee in our hotel room for the next couple of days while we were there. But, um, that was, uh, that was his first insight to, oh, wow. I was like, oh, that was his chance to bail. You know, I was like, he knew I was going to keep that cat. And he was like, nope, we're on board. I'm going to keep it. He loved that little cat. It was so cute. All right, guys, let's take a break real quick. Talk to you a couple advertisers here. Uh, First off, there's um, Hello Products. The words toothpaste and irresistible have never been in the same sentence before until now. Hello Products is on a mission to make the world a friendlier place, starting with your mouth. Hello is a new kind of naturally friendly oral care that was created by a small independent crew using thoughtful ingredients. So delicious, you'll rush to brush. Here's a reminder on why you should give a spit. All Hello products, which you can shop now on helloproducts.com, are vegan, cruelty-free, free from artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, dyes, SLS, sulfates, peroxide, and gluten. I'm telling you, their toothpaste is great. The activated charcoal toothpaste made without peroxide includes coconut oil. The peppermint and spearmint help make your breath extra peppy. I've actually been using it because I saw it. I used to see those on Facebook all the time with people scrubbing their teeth and it's all black. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Now I know what it is. It's just toothpaste. It's without peroxide. It includes coconut oil. Shop toothpaste, mouthwash, floss, toothbrushes, and more for adults and kids and score 10% off your first order on HelloProducts.com using the promo code HelloSteve. That's HelloProducts.com with promo code Hello, Steve. Join the movement, M-I-N-T, shop now, and brush happy. Also want to talk to you about Greenlight. You know I love these people. Greenlight Card helps teach kids how to be smart with money with a debit card for kids that parents can manage with a handy app. Greenlight is an easy solution to transfer money to your kids without having to search for an ATM or take out cash. They also offer parents the ability to decide exact stores where their kids can spend, the opportunity to craft customized chore lists, and an automated allowance function. Greenlight believes that kids learn through doing. That's why Greenlight app teaches lessons in trade-off decisions and money management skills that children will use as adults. The kids' version of the Greenlight app encourages them to monitor balances, set savings goals, and track their progress. I've told you about how my sister uses this with my nephew. The newest thing they've done is started doing it for allowance. Like I said, you can craft customized chore list and an automated allowance function. So now she has it set up to where he actually, if he completes his chores, boom, automated allowance. Immediately put into his uh, uh, transferring of the money. So join Greenlight today at greenlightcard.com slash Steve. That's greenlightcard.com slash Steve. 
Now, a little bit more of Jen Sturger. Well, I want to talk about, uh, I want to move on to a little bit of a wrestling uh, real quick. You've done some work with um, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, mm-hmm. which next week is a big deal. Those of you who aren't into wrestling, what's wrong with you? But um, <laughs> uh, AEW is basically going to, for the first time since the early 2000s, uh, the WWE is going to have a rival, uh, not airing the same night, AEW, but they are going to have a weekly show starting next Wednesday night on TNT. You, and I think rivals a, a strong word. I like to think of it as you have a choice. You have a choice now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that for a long time, I feel like wrestling has been lacking. Um, if you don't like wrestling, like Steve says, what's wrong with you? Um, but I, I think also it's because you haven't, you haven't been given options. Like you don't know what you like. Um, you just know like this one thing and that's it because that's all that's really existed there's been little tiny competitors that have come out and tried to make a little bit of waves and they've cornered their small markets but i feel like this is the first time that you know someone's actually taken a large stand and really banded together and found like a a a good name for themselves and it's going to they're going to only elevate the competition by putting their market out there you know what i mean like putting their product out there yeah, and you've, like you said, you've done work with them. How did your work with AEW come about? My work with AEW came about, it was very strange, actually. Um, Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes went to our gym in um, in L.A., and they met there. Cody and Cody met, and obviously Cody's have to be friends. So <laughs> they became friends on the Internet, basically. And then Brandy ended up getting hurt, and Cody hit my Cody up and was like, Hey, weird question, but I know Jen used to do some broadcasting stuff. Would she ever be interested in hosting this press conference for me in Chicago? And, um, of course the answer was a resounding yes. So I basically was on a plane to Chicago a couple days later. I hosted the first presser, which was for, um, all in, which was in the back of one hour teas in Chicago. And it just kind of from there. Well, that's really Cool, because you have a background in wrestling. I know that you even you even went through whatever you want to call it. The Divas um, program. The Divas yeah, program. Yeah, that's what it was back in the day, yeah. And you were you basically did a tryout for WWE back in the day, right? Yeah, and granted the tryouts were a little different back then. Back then they were looking for girls from any kind of walk of life that may have had in ring skills. And just to be honest, like I look athletic, but um it's all for show. Like it's not, it's not functional. Like it's basically an, a car with no engine. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I tell everybody every day, I'm like, my neck was made out of graham crackers and I found that out when I worked for them. Um, so it, uh, it didn't work out. You know, I didn't, I, everybody wants to be, you know, the Trish Stratus or the next Lita. And, Cause that's what I grew up watching. You know what I mean? And I was absolutely crushed, but I mean, they're, they're just, things happen for a reason. And there was a reason that I didn't make it through that camp. And, um, I tried to go the broadcasting route with them, but honestly, I don't think I really understood the industry as much as I do now. Uh, and I think it kind of took trial and error and getting my ass kicked a little bit to show me how to work in that world because it's a completely different industry than I was used to working in entertainment and just doing random sports hosting. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, it's 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 
almost, you know, it's entertainment, it's theater, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, for the work that you've done for AEW, I, you know, I saw your clips online, you can follow you on, on Instagram and it's, it's Jen Sturger, right? With two, two N's on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's Jennifer, yeah, it's Jennifer Sturger. I use my prop, I use my proper name on both of them. Ah, I like to make it as confusing as possible for people to find me is basically what I do. I wonder why. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm excited for AEW to, like you said, it's not necessarily a rival. It's another option. Um, and we haven't seen another option since the early 2000s when WWE. Plus, they just out. got they've got such amazing talent on that roster. They really do. They're bolstering that women's division. The tag team division is going to be absolutely unreal. Uh, and I mean, there's just some there's some people on that roster that I think are really going to blow people's minds. Um, I I think I'm in the majority when I say I absolutely love um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. They have really stuck out to me in all the events that I've seen them in so far. Plus, I've seen them perform around L.A. at like shows like Bar Wrestling. I don't know if you've been to Bar Wrestling, Steve, but when you come to L.A., you absolutely have to go. It's the most ridiculous good time you could ever have. Um, you've heard of the dick flip, right? No. Oh, my God. If you don't know what Joey Ryan and the dick flip are, you have to look them up. As soon as, as, soon as we're done recording this, it's going to change your night. You'll literally text me crying laughing at like 2 a.m. Like it's it's going to change your life. And it's what it, wait what is this? <laughs> what am I I have to I have to it's, google dick flip? That's what Yeah. I'm, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh you might have to bleep that out. I don't know in the uh, podcast, but no. whatever. Um it's it's hysterical. Basically, it's like um it's a guy who his junk is able to like flip people. It has powers. It has powers, okay? This is like a real thing? Oh, yeah, it's a real thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, hey, a gimmick's a gimmick, man. You don't question it. Yeah, speaking of gimmicks, as long as Orange Cassidy is on AW every Wednesday night, just give him a spot. Give him a five-minute spot to go in there and do his thing. I'll be happy. Um, oh, my God. He's amazing. <laughs> um, I don't know how he does some of the things he does because I'm just like, oh. It physically hurts me sometimes to watch these guys take the hits that they do. Um, they had a, a Cracker Barrel match at the last pay-per-view, and there were thumbtacks and a skateboard involved, and it was just – it was brutal watching these guys. But uh, Orange Cassidy's um, – he is the one that I always get hit up about. They're like, I can't believe you get to work with him. Is he is he that cool? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's that cool. Trust me. <laughs> Well, I I think it's just not knowing what the product is because I haven't wa- I never watched anything. Oh, you're missing out, man! You're missing out. You got to get on. You got to get on the train now. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna get on the AW train when it starts next week on TNT. It'll definitely be DVR'd, and I'll record it because I think not only is it going to be another option. I definitely think just based on what I've seen on YouTube clips and whatnot, I definitely th- think this is going to be something that um, is more wrestling. Um, oh yeah, for related. sure. It's not going to be going to be an hour and a half of filler yeah. with a little bit of wrestling. Yeah. Like their their main goal is to bring you wrestling, the wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and there are storylines, and there's um, you know, there's there's definitely drama around the sport, but I mean, they take it down to its most pure form, and that is that people are there to watch these guys be amazing athletes, 
and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, one final break for you, one final advertiser, and yes, it's back. Reality Steve is going to be talking about bras again. Support for today's show comes from Third Love. With more than 80 sizes, including their signature half-cup sizes, Third Love designed bras with best with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own with straps that won't slip and tagless labels, not to mention lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape. Best of all, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Like I said, I obviously don't use Third Love, but I have friends that do. They sent me the samples. I sent them out to my friends. They absolutely love them. They love the tagless feature. They love the straps that won't slip. I'm telling you, one of the most comfortable bras out there. I'm hearing this secondhand from people who actually did, or firsthand from, wait, am I? if someone tells me it, I'm hearing it, and they wore the bra. Okay, I'm hearing it firsthand. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm hearing it firsthand from people who've actually worn these bras. Yes, this is a bra that they absolutely love. They love the feel, and it's the most comfortable bra they've ever worn. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Steve now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Steve for 15% off today. Now, let's get back to Jen Sturger, uninterrupted, for the remainder of the podcast. Um, I want to I talk about um, the main thing that's happened to you and your husband in your life since we last spoke. And um, it's a really cool thing for those that don't know. Um, you and Cody got married in January of 18, so a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I did the podcast, I think, like a month after you got married. I didn't realize Yeah, was... right after it. Yeah. Um, and so for the longest time, Cody was playing baseball, and you guys were together, whether you guys were dating or engaged. Um, he was on the road a lot. I mean, he traveled a lot. Yeah. How, how many years were you together where, you, where he was – well, he was a baseball player since you met him, um, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how many years were you basically in this kind of long distance thing where he was on the road? Oh God, um, we met in fifteen. So I mean, basically since two thousand fifteen, you know. And you would go on some of the road trips, but you had stuff to do in LA. So you, of were course, obviously... yeah, that was the thing. It's like people were like, "Oh my God, that must have been so hard." And it's like it was because obviously you want to be with the person that you're in a relationship with. But I think he also respected the fact that I had my own career goals, and you know, I I knew how to take care of myself. Um, I I spent so much time alone in my late twenties, early thirties, kind of like figuring out life. And I've lived in New York for a while and I just, I was familiar with that. Like I didn't really, I didn't need a relationship. And I feel like Cody came into my life at the right time when I knew who I was and I was comfortable with who I was. And so our relationship is really just kind of felt natural since day one. Like the first time we actually hung out was in Salt Lake city and it was, uh, it just, it just fit, you know what I mean? And so like, he will tell you that he knew the minute he saw me in person, 
that I was the woman he was going to marry. He said he was already in love with me before he met me, just with us talking over the phone and over Skype for hours every night. And it was like, we have to, we had to figure out a way to see each other, you know? And so it, um, it's been interesting having him home because like you said, the first few years of our relationship, it was okay. I'm home for four months and then I'm gone for eight home for four months, gone for eight. Sometimes he'd go to winter ball or he'd play in tournaments and that would be more time that he was away. And sometimes I could go with him. Like I went with him when he played with team Israel, um, over in the WBC, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, the qualifiers were in Brooklyn. So like I got to show him around my old hood in New York. And then, um, when they made that, then they made the actual tournament. And so we got to go to South Korea together and then they made it to the next round. So we went to Japan and it was just, um, it was really special getting to share those memories with him. And, you know, I don't think either of us would change anything, but, uh, it's nice having him home now. You know, <laughs> when I was thinking about you guys and thinking about our, our last conversation, I couldn't even remember, um, if you told me then, did he... How did you guys meet? Did he slide into your DMs? Like he, yeah, he, okay, yeah. He had, he the old had, fashioned way, you know, yeah, okay, the old fashioned way. <laughs> um, so it was one of those he had seen you because obviously, as we as we spoke about in the last podcast, you were uh, you you made a name for yourself uh, back in the day uh, when Brent Musburger, well, Brent Musburger made you a name, made you a household yeah. name at the Florida State game, and then. Um, you went to go on and do sideline reporting for the Jets. You did TV work. So he, so I'm assuming he just had seen you around and knew who you were and hit you up. You were, no, he had no, I, he had no idea who I was. He just saw I had a blue check mark, and <laughs> really, he, yeah, true story. And a friend of his, like a mutual friend of ours, we found out we had a lot of mutual friends um, once we got to talking. But a mutual friend of ours retweeted a joke that I wrote. And he was like, oh, that's funny. And then he went to my timeline and looked at a bunch of jokes that were on my timeline. And he was like, oh, she's funny. So he started following me. And then I ended up making like Playboy's like top hottest comedians to watch or something for 2015. And he was like, that was when he slid into my DMs. And he was like, oh, I, w I made that list too. But, you know, I had them take me off because I didn't want to be showing off or something dumb like that. And... um. And I, some, for some reason, let him get away with being that lame, and, <laughs> and the rest is history. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was he knew you from, like, because when you told no. me, when he when you tell me he says he's going to say that he knew he was going to marry you from the second he first met you, and he had, he was in love with you before he met you, I thought it was he had followed your career all the way oh, from the no. Florida he State game. no idea any of that stuff. I had to, like, really break it down for him. And be like, oh, this is my story. And I think he was blown away when he realized how much I'd gone through to get to where I was. And I was still a pretty rational human being. And uh, real quick tangent, speaking of Florida State, what, what ha what's happened to them? What the fuck is going uh, on with the Seminoles? God, um, they are awful. Like, this is... Yeah. It's been Look, really bad for a few years. Huh? And we haven't been the same since Jimbo kind of left us out yeah. to dry. Um, I've, I gave them some time to try to figure it out. We're taking some time apart right now. Um, <laughs> we're on a break, <laughs> as, as they said on Friends. Um, we're on a break right now. But it's um, 
you know, this is nothing new for me. I went to school during the Jeff Bowden era. We used to hang up sheets across the street from the stadium that said fire Jeff Bowden on them, like facing his dad's office. So like we've been through just as bad a times. I saw us get murdered by Wake Forest. We'll be fine. We'll bounce back. It's just it's just going to take a little bit of time to get recruiting back up to where it's supposed to be. And honestly, to get a coaching staff and get some leadership on the team where it looks like some semblance of a decent football team. But yeah, it's going to be a little while. Like these are going to be some some dark years ahead of us. And um I'd say maybe two or three more years before we look like the Florida State people are used to seeing up in the top 25. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think Willie Taggart is the answer. I think he will be. I don't. Yeah, no. I, I don't, don't. as much as I want him to be. Um and I I root for him endlessly, but um at some point you just have to kind of cut your losses and I'm like I'm already there as a fan, but I understand um you kind of just have to let processes take place. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think it's. I just don't think he's the he's the guy for that job. Um, no, but you know what? The same thing's going on out here at UCLA. I mean, Cody's Cody's a UCLA alumni, oh, and um, that's a very storied yet tortured friend. You know, like like name as well. So, well, it's funny because I, I, it's funny. I was having this conversation uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in Vegas with buddies. We were talking about Chip Kelly, and we were talking about the fact that. Look, when Chip Kelly was blowing doors off everybody at Oregon and had, you know, in his career at Oregon, he was like some ridiculous, you know, 48 and 9 or something ridiculous with national championship appearance or whatever, you know, and and where he made his and where he made his name and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is the next genius coach in the league." It's just like, yeah, when when Chip Kelly was at Oregon and he was running that offense, he was the only one doing it. Now everybody in college football is, Everyone's doing is it. doing Everyone's what Chip learned, Kelly is doing it. Everyone's learned that playbook. And so it's like you always – I always say like if you're not trying to constantly reinvent yourself and constantly be better than your competition, then you're going to get found out. And I feel like that's, a, that's the same to be said about a lot of like quarterbacks that are a big deal in college. Um, you know, Mar- Mariota, for example. Yeah. Like – he got figured out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's, it's just so hard to make that jump from college football to professional now because everyone has seen you, you know what I mean? Everyone knows the playbook and it's just that, that scheme that worked for you in college isn't going to necessarily translate to the pros, especially like if it's guys like Cam Newton, you know what I mean? They are such physical people that it's like, eventually they're just going to get worn down. You know what I mean? Like, you can do that stuff. You can be Superman in college. But the minute you try to take that game to the NFL, the guys that are hitting you are way bigger and way stronger. And it's just the the, the level of play is so much higher. And their bodies just can't take it. Well, that's the other thing is that Chip doesn't realize that. I don't think he realized. He thought when he came back to college football, like, oh, uh, yeah, we're just my success at Oregon is just going to translate to UCLA. It's like, no. Nope. It hasn't even come close. And if you take his last four years of coaching, which is his last year in Philly, his one year in San Francisco, and his one year and four games at UCLA, he's like 12 and 34 in his last 46 games as a head coach. Like, he's not good. He's time is no. the game has passed him by. His stuff that was unbelievable five years ago. Is like okay, yeah. Everybody's doing it now, Chip. You need to do. You need to either be better at it or care. And I think Chip is a guy that thought he would just get by on his genius, and it just ain't yeah, get by on his genius and get by on his name. But it's like yeah. at some point you have to elevate yourself to the game and catch up to the game. And I don't know that he's done that yet. 
Oh, for sure. He hasn't. And, you know, if UCLA doesn't pull off one of the biggest comebacks in college football He'll history be gone. last weekend. Oh, I'm talking about last weekend's game against Washington State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that he, was, then that he's was looking brilliant. at 0-4 to start this season. I mean, he's... I mean, yeah, they're 1-3, and, and their one win was a 32-point comeback with seven minutes left in the third quarter of a road game that they were getting the Which was game. absurd. That was oh, absurd. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I, but if it was going to happen that. against anybody, I'm glad it was Mike Leach. <laughs> oh, you don't like Mike? <laughs> I mean, does anyone? <laughs> I think people think he's hilarious. <laughs> I think he's entertaining, but I've gotten my fill of him lately. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was like in every – like he was in the news almost every single day last week, and I was like, what? Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to get back to Cody real quick. For those that don't know the story, Cody retired from baseball two months ago. However, the way he retired and how it played out didn't really go as planned, but explain to everybody what happened in Cody's last game. Oh God. I think it's better if I let him tell you, honestly. Yeah. Let's, let's bring Cody in. Oh God. Let's bring, let me see. I Mr. well Cody I heard Decker. him making I heard him making dinner in the kitchen, so oh, hopefully dear. he hasn't started a fire. We we work with um Blue Apron now for our show and oh. so he his he's like every night it becomes Master Chef in our <laughs> in our kitchen. Gotcha. Hey, do you have a few seconds, Ed? Yeah, I'm not busy cooking your sick ass meal. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Here you go. What? Cody, what's up? How's it going? How you doing? Oh, I'm living a version of the dream. Yeah. What's um? What's the Blue Apron meal of the night? What do we got? I'm making some uh, some buttered steak. It's pretty 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 top notch. Oh, sweetie, yeah, those sweet potatoes are not nearly done. I am not that good at those. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Cody. So I wanted to talk to you about your retirement a couple months ago from baseball. Um, how it went down, everything that happened in your last game, um, and just the thought that went into it. Like, at what point did you know this was going to be your last year? Was it always set in stone? Like, okay, this at this age, I'm going to hang it up. What went into the no? Decision? It really wasn't. I, I I intended on you know sticking around until they took the jersey away from me. And uh, as the season was going on, I just wasn't happy with how they were. I was being used. It was a very you know, it was a it was an off the bench role, and every time they would play me, I would you know I would kill it. But unfortunately, they just weren't giving me the opportunity I wanted, and I understood why. I had a few conversations with them. They just said, "Listen, you're just not in our plans right now." They kind of put me in that Crash Davis role. They just wanted me to mentor other guys and take care of the clubhouse, and that's what I was doing. But when I got the opportunity, I was out hitting guys. Um, so, you know, as time was going on, you know, I was mostly being used as a pinch hitter. They were taking me on and off the you know the injured list and. I was just kind of, I was just like, man, I, they, what injury do I even have? They didn't know. Hmm. Uh, it was just a new phantom injury that I didn't have. And I, uh, you know, I was at a point where I was like, you know, let's see what happens. And all, I was getting these calls from um, Entercom. They had, they've been interested in me for a while. And they flew me to Boston, went over and did a pre- uh, test show with them. And they loved, they felt they loved me and I loved them back. And, uh, they asked me what I wanted to do. I said, well, I'd love to do a show with Jen. And so they test us, te- tested us in, uh, during an off day in L.A. And they came back with an offer. And it came to the point where I had that opportunity. And then I also had an opportunity to build my own baseball school in El Paso, Texas. And with this nonprofit, and the goal is to try and get every, as many kids into college through baseball and softball as possible. And everything just kind of came together all at the exact same time. It was just kind of – so it came to the point where – the offers were right there in front of me. I 
called the Diamondbacks, asked them if there was any chance I, you know, what are the odds of me getting back up? They were like, listen, it's just not likely. We're not really giving you the, the opportunity to do so. I said, all right, um, I think I'm going to hang them up. And they said, well, when do you want to do that? I said, I'd like to do it by, uh, I think uh, this Saturday will be my last game right before the All-Star break. Uh, we plan to do a press conference in El Paso, Texas, about everything that's going on, which was great. And, you know, I came into my last game, not even, you know, at the beginning of the game, I knew it was going to be my last game. But at the end, I, I didn't even cross my mind. I was too busy trying to win the game. And what happened was, so your teammates knew that you My were... teammates knew, the organization knew, my family knew. But the fans didn't know. Okay. And so tell everyone what happened in your last game. Well, I started the game 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, so things were going great. I was just Dude, sitting you, there. I'm if like, you this... took the collar in your last game, oh, God, that would have sucked. I was just sitting there. I'm like, uh, this is not fun. But then I made a couple nice plays in the outfield. I'm like, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was starting to get a little more comfortable. And, you know, it was my first at bat in a, three weeks. So I was just like, man, I, this feels rusty. And I come in the eighth inning. With bases loaded and two outs, and we're down by one, and I hit a line drive in the left field for an RBI single, which tied the game. And then we ended up taking the lead. And I was feeling pretty content with that. I'm out in left field. I'm like, you know, I just hit a, I just hit a game tying uh, RBI single. Uh, that's a good way to go out. Yeah. So as as time went on in that ninth inning, we bring in Jimmy Scherfe. He's one of the best closers in, in the league. He's been up and down in the big leagues all season. And all of a sudden, he gives up two runs. We're down by one. And I'm in left field furious, seeing that I'm up, I think, third in the inning. I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. And I even said this out loud. I'll just get up and hit a walk-off next inning. I don't care. <laughs> and I didn't think I'd actually do that. I was just really charged up and fired up that we lost the lead. At that point, I completely forgot anything about me retiring, and this was my last game. So I came up to the plate. Leadoff guy gets on base. Next guy gets him over. I'm up at the plate, and I'm just thinking, all right, get a pitch to hit this guy. They, they were throwing their closer. The guy throws 100 miles per hour. He was sitting around 97 to 99 at the time. He's got good, decent arm side run, a lot of spin rate, and I'm just like, man, all right, just get on time to the fastball. If he throws me three sliders, I'm probably going to miss all three. I'm just going to put a hell of a swing on that fastball get on time. First pitch fastball, and I was late, and I fouled it off, and I yelled at myself. Just get on time to the fastball. What is wrong with you? I threw a couple uh, expletives in there while I was at it. And then uh, the next pitch, fastball again. Uh, I got to it, and I hammered it to center field. And I knew it was gone off the bat, and I was thinking right off the bat, like, that's a walk-off home run. I should pimp this. I should really take my time and enjoy this. But I'm also Jewish, so the other side of me was like sitting there in back like, no, you better not. What if it goes off the wall? You better get on second. Get on second. So I took off, watched the ball go. Crowd erupted. Uh, my teammates went absolutely crazy. Crossed home plate. Um, and then it was like a two-minute hugging everybody session. And uh, it wasn't until I got back in the dugout that I, uh, I, put my, I was taking my batting gloves off and putting my helmet uh, in, and I realized, oh, my God. That was my last at bat. Yeah. And I looked to my right, and Johnny Gomes was standing there. And I'm just like, Johnny, I'm retiring. And he just looks at me. He's like, I know. It's the most awesome thing I've ever seen. I, I and mean, uh, you can't beat that. I, I, a walk-off home run in your last at bat after playing. How many years did you play baseball? That was my 11th season. Jesus. It was great. And I remember I was trying to – I was grabbing my stuff and trying to go down the hallway. And 
No one would let me go to the dugout, and the crowd, the announcers announced one more time for Cody Decker. They threw me out on the field for a curtain call. My whole team was in there, including the dugout and including the bullpen. They came down, and they were giving me a standing ovation on the top step. It was a real special moment. Uh, then we went inside, and uh, we did some toasts. Somebody bought me, just for, for fun, bought me a gigantic bottle of tequila. And uh, we were expecting to you know, have a celebratory thing, but they didn't realize it was going to be a serious celebratory thing where uh, we were celebrating a walk-off home run and hit by me, and they gave their speeches to me, and we all did a celebratory shot, and I hugged everybody, and then we all went out and had a great time, and I left the next day, and it was just, uh, it was like, it was it was like living a movie. Dude, that's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got made into a movie someday. Like, seriously, that is, I mean, you can't, can't make that shit up. Uh, what happened no, to you? it was I mean, it was it was top notch, man. Everyone was going ape shit, and I'm, I appreciate my uh, announcer's restraint because he knew I was retiring, and he didn't say a single word about it during the broadcast. But you you could tell by his voice that this home run was a bit more important than uh, a normal walk off home run. Yeah, because um, he's called plenty of walk off home runs, and he never reacted like that. Yeah, no, that was cool. I I saw that clip. Uh, I saw that clip online. Um, one thing that I, I don't know if people know this about you is you are very well known and it even made national news for your pranks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Along we have the way. A- um, could you, obviously you've done a lot. Some got some national recognition. What would you say is the best prank you pulled in your career? I think the most popular one that everyone usually goes to is this time I convinced my teammate Jeff Rancourt. Jeff Rancourt was a big leader for about 10 years at the time, and yeah. he was a free agent. He signed with the Padres uh, in 2014, and he was coming to join me. And at this point, I was being well-known as this guy who was never really given a chance in the big leagues. I, it's like my fourth year in AAA, and, um, and all I ever did was put up numbers but never really got an opportunity. So he's coming to play with, play with me. So I don't think he ever thought for one second – that a guy with, at the time, zero major league experience was going to sit around tormenting our 10-year veteran all-star major league player. Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely could not help myself. Uh, he was such an easy target. So for one month, I convinced him that one of our other players was deaf. <laughs> and uh, I got everybody in on the joke, including restaurants we would go to. Um, I got his wife involved. He was never doing an impression of a hearing impaired person. He was just being quiet. And we just watched Jeff just dance. And it was perfect. Uh, he would do the dumbest things. He would, he would go up to the guy, slap him on the leg after a good inning that he pitched. And he would yell with thumbs up in his face, go, great job. Way to go, buddy. And we would just lose it. It was the funniest. It was the funniest shit. Like, we forgot we were doing the prank, and then he'd show back up and do something else stupid. So, the whole obviously, to pull something like this off, everybody in the organization had to be in on this. Uh, you know what? At that point, I'm not going to lie to you. That was my third time doing that prank. It's oh. just I never let it go on for a full month. Uh, so, there was a couple of you know top brass guys with the Padres who would come into town and, and immediately call me in the office. Like, all right, so, Deck been a month what are you doing what, what are you doing to everybody i'm like okay well i got this going and this and this he's like mm, okay what do i have to do <laughs> nothing just uh just pretend that jorge's deaf and that's all it was he's like what do you want me to do like i'm like don't give him sign language just go about it like his normal business and that's it just don't just don't talk to him around jeff so <laughs> 
So the the pitcher, which what was his name? Jorge Reyes. He played at Oregon State. The best part is this was easily this is something Jeff could have easily looked up with a simple Google search. Yeah, I was gonna say like, how did he not? I mean, I've actually I've, after I, meeting Jeff. I, After meeting Jeff Francoeur, it was pretty clear that this was not going to be difficult. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say because I have friends. I used to work in sports talk radio. I've been in, I've been in clubhouses. Um, I've heard Francoeur's uh, – the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor with him, basically. Is yeah, he's not in Mensa. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a great guy. My, maybe one of my favorite teammates of all time, but, boy, is he gullible. <laughs> I just I think it's hilarious that they could not um, that he just never picked up on it and like did Jorge, Jorge never slipped and just started talking to another teammate and like I'm sure he did many times but oh, actually he Frank did it during the care. games the 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 catcher would go out and talk to Jorge with his mouth covered with his gloves and Jeff was just head in the clouds not even paying attention <laughs> that's an unbelievable prank I remember that getting so much run a dead spin covered it and I, I know. It got run on television. Um, that was a huge <laughs> – I don't think you can beat that prank. Um, anyway, um, can we get Jen on the phone with both of you at the same time? Can we bring her uh, back? We can try. Hold, yeah. hold on one second. Let's bring her back and do this. Oh, God. Okay. What do you got? Okay, so unbeknownst to you, Cody, um, <laughs> Jen and I were texting before this interview, and I said – I want to play a little bit of a newlywed game. So I'm, I asked Jen 10 questions that I want to see if you match up the answer to these okay. questions. I want to know your answers. I'll ask you the question. She already, she already gave her answers. Yeah, she already, she already gave, her, gave answers. her answers. I told her, look, don't cheat. Um, uh, you know, please don't cheat on this. Uh, don't tell. And she obviously didn't tell you anything. This is the first you're hearing. Of okay, this. well, this is good news, actually, because this will prove that her one of her big complaints to me is that I never listen. Um, <laughs> this is going to prove once and for all that I do listen, just often don't care. <laughs> Ow! Um, so I, what I'm going to do, and I didn't tell Jen this, and I'll tell you guys this now. So what I'm going to do is... There's ten questions here. If you guys get, if you match five of her answers, I will give you guys a fifty dollar gift card. How about that? Ooh. <laughs> What's it to? What's it to? That really is. Oh no, really no, you name it. I don't care. I'll just give you. Okay. I might just okay, Ven- maybe I'll just Venmo Jen fifty bucks and then we'll just go from there. You okay. really think I can't get five of these? Come on. Sorry. I don't know. I mean, I, you got to answer. They have to. They have to match up here. So all okay, right, let's hear it. Question number one. I asked Jen what your worst habit is. What does she say? Uh, could you consider like shedding hair a habit because I'm a hairy guy. I don't know if that's a habit. I can't really control that. Um, no. Ch- chest hair, hair on the top of my head that she stresses me out and then lose. Um, no, they, they, we're not counting that as a bad habit. No, I'll give but no, that's, Okay, I'll, I will say maybe that I don't listen enough. Uh, wrong. That's not what she answered. Uh, Jen, tell him what you answered. Did you leave ice cream containers all over the house? Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, I do not. I you do something one time a month, <laughs> and week. I don't have ice cream that often. A week. That is a that is a stupid answer, and she knows better. <laughs> Continue. All right, oh, all right, oh for one. Uh, question number two. Um, I flipped this uh, on her. 
So I'm going to ask you, what is Jen's worst habit? What did she say you're going to say her worst habit is? Dishes. She's the worst at dishes in the history of mankind. There's no question it's dishes. If she, if she didn't say dishes, it means she doesn't listen to me at all. <laughs> That's correct. That's what she said. Good, yes. She's horrible. It's embarrassing. <laughs> we have glasses from a week ago in our bedroom, Jen. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> I picked those up. Okay. Um, question number three. What was the last thing that you guys argued over? This interview. <laughs> <laughs> Just now. Um, the last thing that we argued over, nothing, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember us ever having big arguments. It's usually little stupid shit. Uh, and it's like things like, you know, leaving uh, a dish out or leaving her suitcase in the living room for a month or leaving like I'll leave my ice cream container out for like 10 seconds. It's always something small like that. It's never something big. So I'm, I'm going to honestly say I can't remember. And I think she's going to say, I can't remember that. Exactly. Right. She said, I can't. <laughs> that was a shot in the dark. I did not expect. I, I'm like, I'm one for three. Shit. <laughs> no, she said, I can't remember. Uh, it's been a hot minute, but I bet it was something dumb. That's what her answer was. Boom. <laughs> All right. Question number four. So you're two for three. Um, What's the best va- – what'd she say the best vacation you guys have ever been on was? Mm, it's one of two because we've only been on a few vacations. We've been on a va- group vacation with um, a bunch of friends for Team Israel. But we've also, like, had, like, short vacations to New York that we've always really enjoyed. I'm going to say New York. Damn, you are good. Three out of four. Boom! <laughs> All right. To be fair, Steve, we don't really go on vacations because we work too much. It was one of two, and the only one, then New York was one I've ones that we usually are alone. So I'm going to say it had to be New York. Okay, yeah. It was it was New York or Israel. Uh, was okay, yeah. Two. All right, question number f- uh, five. Mm-hmm. What major sports argument are you two on complete opposite sides on? What major sport? Um, oh, God, she's going to hate me saying this out loud right now. Uh, it's either that the Tropicana, Tropicana Field's the worst field in the world or that the Devil Rays <laughs> mascot is still a Devil Ray, not a ray of sunshine. <laughs> um, no, that wasn't the answer she gave. Uh, Jen, that, then she's wrong because we, are, we argue about the Rays mascot more than I even care to say. Really? I thought it was the Devil Rays. I mean, they've gone to the Rays, but it's never they, been Ray of Sunshine, right? They've changed it to the Rays, but their logo is still a Devil Ray, and she is insistent. It's a Ray of Sun. It's not a Ray of Sun. <laughs> I went as far as calling my friend on the Rays. What is your mascot? He said, well, it's a Devil Ray still. But boom! <laughs> and she still won't concede. All right, well, that's not what the answer she that she gave. Her answer that she gave was... A current topic in the NFL, which was Gardner Minshew. She's in on the hype, and you hate him because you ain't him. That's what she said. No, 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 no. I hate him because he's it's pure gimmick infringement. The guy is literally stealing my identity. <laughs> That's you? That's what? Yes. <laughs> the crazy outfits going around, that was me. And Jen made me stop doing it because she thought it was classless. And now she's all about Gardner Minshew doing it. This is horseshit. <laughs> Uh, well, you know how many ascots of mine she burnt? <laughs> well, 
Well, that's the answer that she gave. That's the that's the argument, you guys. Seven ascots. That's a lot of ascots. That is. Jeez. Jen, do you think that he was right on the uh, uh, that was the the raise is the bigger argument that you guys have had? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, question number six. So you're three out of five. So all you gotta, okay. all you gotta do is go two out of five on these on these last five. All right, bring it, bring it. I got this. Question number six. Which one of you is more stubborn? <laughs> uh, well, if you ask her, if you ask me, very different answers. Uh, the answer is her, but she's gonna say me. But I'm. <laughs> So wait, your answer is what? My answer is her, but her answer is going to be me. No, the answer she gave was her. No way! <laughs> she had a moment of realization. Jen, I'm proud of you. <laughs> so yeah, no, she she said she was uh, the more stubborn of the two. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. She, well, this the reason why she is. If we ever do have a dumb argument and she is wrong. She she won't give up. And the only time I know that she is fully aware she's wrong is when she just stares at me with a death stare. He's like, is this the hill you want to die on? <laughs> oh, and man. that's that's enough for me to know that. OK, I won this, but I can't push anymore. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, question number seven. This one. I mean, this is the next one you get right is it gets you your get you your win here. But this one, God forbid you get this wrong. Um where was your first date? Fleming, uh, Salt Lake City. Steakhouse and fr- and, yeah. and frozen yogurt. You got it. Mm-hmm. It was. We periscoped a lot of that, and uh, it was only mostly embarrassing. <laughs> so you guys went to Fleming's, and then where do you remember the name of the Froyo place you went to? I do not remember the name of the Froyo place, but it was around the corner as walking distance. And I think, if I remember correctly, I was very boring. I got vanilla with gummy bears. Oh, that's pretty sick. I dug it, though. It was perfect, though. It was everything I needed. So that was the first time you met Jen was in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. We were talking for a while, and we wanted to see if what we were feeling for each other was real. So I flew her out to see me. Um, I was dressed up as Uncle Sam because it was the 4th of July. Uh Um, I I brought a change of clothes, so I was going to change before she got there. Uh, Unfortunately, my friends, uh, my teammates knew what was going on, so they stole my loot, my suitcase. So I was trapped, and uh, then it got even worse because we went to the rental car, and my credit card got declined. <laughs> so, so you're dressed as Uncle Sam in Flemings? Oh, no. This was just oh. picking her up at the airport. <laughs> oh, okay. This is the airport. We landed at the same time, and uh, basically everyone went out of their way to make sure this was a terrible experience for me. Uh, okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, well, now you're just playing with house money here. Uh, you've already Let's got go. $50. Um, Question number eight, what is Jen's best quality? Um, I'm going I'm I'm to skip to, I'm going to skip to six because the first five are all body parts. You're a jerk. Um, I'm going to say her humor. She is, she's, she's hilarious. She's yeah. one of the funniest people you ever made. So I'm going to say humor. Oh God, that's six. Uh, you're six out of eight. I mean, you are, you are hitting 750 right now. Jen, I'm a really, Jen, admit that I'm a good husband. Do it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Question number nine. You got to complete this sentence. When I first met Jen, I never would have guessed she blank. Mm. 
That's uh, that's tough because that's not even a sentence I would ever say. Um, this is straight out of nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies newlywed game questions. That's why I tried to I really say say it one more time. When I first met Jen, I never would have guessed she blank. Doesn't have to be a word; it could be a phrase. Never would have guessed what about her. That's a great answer. I, I never would have guessed she had blonde hair at one point of her life. <laughs> um, no, that wasn't the answer. What was it? Her answer that she gave was, um, you never would have guessed that she was white. <laughs> uh, that's that's a fair. That's actually pretty fair. And here's the reason why. I I still think that we need a 23 and me, Jen. I'm one. I'm 90 percent sure that she's at least a portion, uh, you know, Hispanic or Latin American. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no way. That, that when, she, when she gets a tan, I'm like, come on. You were born in Miami and you get tans like this? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, that was what she said. She goes, I think uh, he, she, she said he thought I was Hispanic or something. That's what she I said. thought he was. I thought she was part, yes. Yeah. Okay. I still think she is, but she's afraid to get a 23 in me because she doesn't want me to be right. <laughs> Well, I just don't want to have to ask my parents. And ask her family tough questions. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question. Um, I asked Jen what her favorite quality was about you. What do you think she said? Oh, here's the worst part. We did a segment on this recently where she did a whole create a player. And uh, she said what she would have given to pull back some of my features so she can get an, one ab in there. <laughs> Um, so she said kindness and humor. The kindness thing was, uh, she gave basically 70 points to the kindness and another 70 to the humor, but she ran out of space, but she got to abs. <laughs> so I'm going to say kindness. Oh, you actually got both. She said kindness and humor. Yeah, yeah it was kind of serious. Yeah. She said kindness and humor and she patted me on the back. She's like, and it sucks. You know, you have a great, you have a great ass, amazing legs, really good lo- arms, if I just pulled back a little bit of bit on the humor, I could have got an ab. <laughs> well, look at you, seven out of ten. That's yeah. Uh, that you 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 guys nailed that one. Um, so yeah, I, I will I will I will definitely uh, Venmo Jen fifty. Yeah, Venmo. No, 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 no. I won the game. Venmo oh. me. <laughs> All right. Oh, you want me to Venmo you? I will. Yeah. Um, uh, to all your listeners, it's at uh, Decker Six on Venmo. <laughs> er, yeah, everyone just just start Venmo. He got seven out of ten right. Anybody that wants, hey, don't to, be afraid. I mean, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> Throw well, in. Well, we we got we're, we're fostering a cat right now. We'll we'll don't I'll donate part of portion proceeds. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Decker Six uh, on Venmo, and let's see if uh, let's see if you saw the story on ESPN about the guy who th- who threw up the sign at College Game Day. That he you got- think I'm not ta- thinking about going to the Rose Bowl this Saturday <laughs> with a sign that says UCLA makes me drink? Please help. <laughs> Jeez, we talked about UCLA. Yeah, that was that was rough. Wait, are they at home Saturday against Arizona? I don't know. I, I they were away last week, so I'm assuming they might be home. Yeah, uh, I know they play Arizona this week. I don't know if it's home or away. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, uh, you guys can listen to this banter between. Cody and Jen uh, every day on radio.com. It's called swings and messes. Is there uh missus spelled MRS? Um, is Best there show title ever? Yeah. That's a great title for a radio show. It's on 10 to one Pacific. Obviously that's one to four Eastern time. 
Um, and it's on radio.com. This isn't a podcast. This is a live show that you guys do every day for three hours a day uh, yes. with your friend, um, comedian Eddie, Eddie Pence. Pence. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's, it's, we've been doing this show for years just around our dinner table when we were doing some writing sessions. And we just never had a microphone on. Now, finally, we, we decided to fix that. And, you know, you, if you can't listen to us live every day on radio.com, you can uh, listen to us in podcast form wherever you get your podcast, whether it's uh, Apple, Stitcher, Google, you name they it. They do break it up by hour. And they break it up by hour. So it's not like you don't you listen to a three-hour show. You, it goes hour one or hour two. You get to choose it that way. So if there's a segment you don't re- particularly care to hear, um, check it out. But I will tell you, you'd be wrong to do that because that segment was probably the best one of the day. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks, Cody, for coming on and doing this and sharing your story. That's a hell of a story to end your baseball career. That's cool. Uh, thanks, man. Well, thank- we got to have you on the show soon. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And I-, I told Jen, anytime I'm out there, uh, I will give her a heads up. Put Jen back I on. I want to talk to you about Bachelor in Paradise and my oh. hatred towards Kalen. Oh, really? Oh, let's let's discuss this. Let's- no. No, we got to save it. We'll, we got to save it. We got to save it for the next one. Okay. But I just, I just feel as though Kalen had entrapped Blake and then turned the tables on Blake and not that Blake is all innocent here, but for the love of God. Yeah. No, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think a lot of people saw Kalen's colors come out on paradise this summer. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's, uh, I can do an hour on this. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, you should get off the phone. Oh, I want I want to hear this. Um, I'm taking the phone from him now. Yeah, take the phone back, Jen. Uh, thanks, Cody. I appreciate Can't have it. him doing an hour on Bachelor in Paradise. That's right. You watched the whole. You watched the whole season, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, the the funny thing was, so Jen, when I was, um, I, I had told you this when I listened to your first show when you were promoting swings and misses. It's not just hey, sports talk for three straight hours. I mean, no. You guys, you guys talk about your life. You guys talk about personal stuff between you. Just on the first episode that i the first episode you guys did which was around when did you guys start doing this over a month ago right Mm, yeah about a month ago about a month ago just in the first episode i learned three things uh about you number one you once had a booty call at 2 a.m from a guy who ended up sleeping on your doorstep yep that was hilarious (laughs) uh you've thrown your back out twerking before that's also true. <laughs> and your safe word during sex is careful. That's what <laughs> I learned that just in the first episode when I was listening to it. I was like, wow, they are very uh, open on the show about uh, their lives. Oh, I yeah. want to hear. We're, I wanna... it, we're just we're idiots. We really are. This is what it comes down to. I want to I want to hear more about. What did he say? He says, speak for yourself. I have a 140 IQ. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, divide it by two. Um. The um the booty call story at two a.m. I know this was way before you met Cody. I think is when you told. Oh the yeah, story. this is when I lived in New York. So what happened? I, I don't. What happened here? So you told the guy yes, but then on his way over, you were like, "Eh, I'm out. I don't. I don't want to be a part oh, of this." Oh no, he was a, he was a jerk. He'd been a real jerk to me, and had been like, um, we've been dating for a while, and then he like pulled some shenanigans where like he basically used me to get like a free trip down to Tampa to like hang out with his friends at Gasparilla instead of meeting my family, which is what he was supposed to be doing. Mm. So when we got back to New York, I was basically done with the relationship, but he had the balls to like call me in the middle of the night and be like, I miss you so much. Anytime a guy does that and like doesn't have the decency to like 
call you during daylight hours, like something's up. And so I lived in New Jersey at the time and he lived in Manhattan. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Come on over. Like real sarcastically, not thinking he was actually going to do it, but he was so drunk that apparently he took the train over in the middle of the night. And I went to sleep because I was just like, I wasn't actually planning on seeing him, you know? And I woke up the next day to go to work and he was asleep on my doorstep. Did you just step? I was like, oh, I was like, oh, you had a rough night. Oh, I was going to say, did you just step over and go to work? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. He's a tool. (laughs) He's such a tool. Um, well, that was that was good. So seven out of ten, and let's see. Um, hey, the guy got seven out of ten right. Everyone, it's at Decker Six on Venmo. Uh, <laughs> if you want to throw in a buck or a couple bucks or five bucks or ten, you know bucks, why? You know why? I mean, funny. you got to make up for his uh, all the debt he accrued playing minor league baseball for all those years, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that certainly would help out. I mean, let's oh my see. god! If, if a guy can hold up a sign at College Game Day and raise. Asking for beer money and raise, I think thirty thousand dollars he's gotten on Venmo. Um, oh, probably more than that. I think they ended up. They basically he ended up getting a million dollars. A million in donations? Yeah. Well, not all in donations. Oh. I think Venmo matched it as well as um, another like sponsor decided to kick in some money as well. But okay. it was really cool because he's donating it all to a children's hospital in the area. So oh, it was right. really cool of him. Yeah, the, that's right. He's donating it to the. Uh, the Iowa Children's Hospital that mm-hmm. that waves to the fans every uh, at the end of the very first quarter. Okay, that's right. I saw that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to raise thirty thousand, but it'd be nice if some people <laughs> listening to this. Yeah, we can go on a real vacation. Yeah, I was going to say let's let's throw or at that. least a flip, just to at least the Flemings. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like let's. What, what if we raise like you know another. Two three hundred bucks for them, and you guys can have an, a second Fleming's dinner date. Or I'm sure you've been there. Oh, that's so sweet. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, so yeah. I would just be happy with them checking out our show. It's a lot of fun, even if you're not a huge sports fan. We talk about so much stuff on there. We talk about movies, pop culture. Today, we made fun of Cody's parents for about a half hour. Um, it was a uh, it was hysterical. Like we were we laugh so hard sometimes that um, I literally will be in tears. So it's it's so much fun. I can imagine. I, what I heard, uh, it was very entertaining, and it's not like you said. It's not sports centric. It has you know it's it's called Swings and Misses MRS, but um, you can find it on Radio.com. Like I said, it's ten to one Pacific time live every day, Monday through Friday, and um, yeah, and like I said, I was telling you before. Um, before before we got started, I, we actually are moving into our new studio tomorrow. So we're going to have like a full setup, almost like Howard Stern. So like we're going to have like a live, like large studio now. Because b- before then, we were just kind of in like a, a temporary studio. But now like we've got something that they've actually built for us. And it's super cool. No, that's going to be awesome. Now you can actually view it. I mean, tune in and actually and we talk about And we talk about The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise and all that stuff. Cody, actually, this was like his first foray into the bachelor world was actually the season of bachelor in paradise so did he watch he hannah's is... season or no no oh because he was still playing no. at the time he was still playing into july yeah exactly yeah okay. that would lose his street cred but now that he's home he's on board so okay so he's what does he feel he wouldn't know who peter is so he doesn't probably have a uh, a thought one way or the other on Peter as the bachelor. No, no, not really. He, uh, he did watch, um, a little bit of Rachel Lindsay season with me and he really liked her, you know? Um, he thought she came off like really smart and stuff like that. But, um, he, 
was just intrigued by all of the drama uh, that <laughs> that was Blake this season. <laughs> Once that died off, he was like, uh, I've lost interest. <laughs> so he was definitely Team Blake then. Um, you know, I don't think he knew what to think. And then the text messages got released and it was like, oh, well, he didn't have a choice but to release them because he's being accused of stuff. So yeah. I feel like um, there's two sides to every story and the truth somewhere in between usually. And that that's kind of where that situation ended up. Yeah, no, that was <clears throat> it's been interesting. no one walked away from that situation looking amazing. Yeah, it was like, look, I, I, I have I've always been. Since I've been talking about this, I've been Team Blake. I, I I thought he should have released the text based on what she was accusing him of. But by releasing the texts, you were releasing some very personal information, and it was going to make her look bad. It wasn't going to be good for her. But yeah, he felt like he kind of had to because of what she did. Like it was, just, it sucked for both parties. But if I were Blake, I probably would have done it as well. Um, oh yeah. I just think in today's day and age, it's like, if you got receipts, you, you got to keep them, you know, yeah. I would have probably given her a chance to renege her story. You know, um, I would have given her that shot to like, okay, let's walk this back a little bit and explain what really happened. Um, but if that, if that she didn't want to do that, then yeah, you have to come out and just because so much of like what their success is, like after the show is based on you know, their likability, yeah. um, the, the people that are the villains on there, they're not the ones that are, you know, getting endorsement deals and things like that. Like they'll get some stuff, but they're definitely not as beloved in the franchise, you know? So it, it definitely affects them. I mean, for lack of a better word, business wise, when they leave there, you have to think about that kind of stuff, markability. I think he saw that. And I think he saw that Kaylin was probably not ever going to come out and admit that oh yeah she was never she was never gonna admit it yeah never and i think that he saw that and that's why he just said look i gotta i gotta do what i gotta do um yeah i don't blame him yeah it sucks it sucks but like i mean i don't i don't blame him for doing that just like i said with the way with the way me too stuff works nowadays it's like you just you kind of need both sides to to put their stuff out there yeah and i i I mean i know that firsthand you know because i it's been the other way around for me so yeah, I totally get it. And I think um, what he said on the um, on the reunion show was people don't seem to be comprehending or people se- don't seem to be talking about the fact that, yes, I released them. But the only reason why I released them is because of the wrong that she did. Like it just people seem to be forgetting it. People just think he released them just to release them just to, you know, spill, I don't think he really tea. I don't think he really I don't think he I don't think he released them with any kind of malintent. No, I don't think he released them with any kind of malice at all. I think it was I just need to prove that I didn't do anything wrong. Like what your like your version of the story isn't the entire truth. And that's what I think he did. I don't think that he was like out to hurt her. I don't I just genuinely don't get that vibe from him. And I know quite a few people in the franchise. So I just have never gotten that that vibe off of him ever. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I didn't. I didn't think so either. And I think it was just a case of he felt his back was up against a wall, and um, you know he let it go. And you know it should. The fact that he didn't double down and didn't talk trash on her or start slinging words at her, and the fact that he deleted it 15 minutes later shows that he realized wow, I really hurt somebody by doing this, but I f- still feel like... Yeah, I and I think that out. that was genuine. That was genuine in him. Like, he, I don't think he, like I said, I don't think he set out to hurt her. I don't think he ever set out to hurt her. I just think he was 
he wanted to defend himself, and I would have probably done the same thing. Yeah. No, totally agree. Uh, we'll definitely have a talk about Kaylin off off air. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, Jen, thanks uh, thanks again for coming on, and thank Cody for coming on, and congratulations on seven out of ten on that uh, on that quiz. And um, hey, he's not bad. He's not bad. He proves he listens a little more than I think he does. Yeah, I know. He just has selective hearing. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, not deaf. Um, all right. Well, thanks again, Jen. I really appreciate it. Um, this was a lot of fun, and obviously uh, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You got it. All right. Later. Bye. Thank you so much to Jen and Cody for that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. This first time I had talked to Cody, um, but Jen and I have been friends for a couple of years now, and if you didn't hear the interview with Jen the podcast I did with her back in February of 2018. Go listen to that, please. Um, it was a really good one. It tells a little bit more of her backstory. This was I, I didn't want to get any have any serious talk in this one. This was going to be a lot more fun, and I hope it came across that way. But the first time we did have her on, um, if you don't know her backstory, you, you, you might want to listen to it. Uh, what she has dealt with being a female in the media. Um, a very attractive female in the media that basically was thrust into the spotlight because essentially Brent Musburger during a college football game made a horny comment about her uh, because she was dressed provocatively at a Florida state football game. And that put her on the map. She got all sorts of offers after that Uh, because of it. uh, She became a household name just because she was in the stands at a Florida state game uh, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy story, but, uh, it's from February of 18. Go check it out on the podcast. I forget what number it was, but, um, really interesting backstory. I wanted to make this one a little more fun and lighthearted. And I knew I was going to, the newlywed game concept came up to me cause I've always been a fan of that show. Uh, I seriously, back in the eighties, I'd get home from school and I would watch the Bob Eubanks newlywed game show when they were running repeats from the sixties and seventies on game show network or whatever channel it was on it was always my favorite show so i was like oh i'm gonna play i'm gonna put it's the first time i've had a married couple i think on the show so i was like oh let's play a little uh let's play a little newlywed game so that was fun uh please throw them a couple bucks at decker six on venmo i I think it would be really cool if we can get them a couple extra hundred bucks and they can go to fleming's again um, you know, he's a, he was a minor league baseball player for 11 years, just retired. Now they got a radio show together, swings and misses. You can uh, find it on radio.com and, uh, you can watch it on radio.com as well. So thanks to, uh, Jen and Cody for that. I really appreciate it. They are so much fun. Uh, they were a lot of fun to talk to and Jen's been a, been a good friend, uh, for a couple of years now. So, um, That'll do it for podcast number 149. Please uh, rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. And we'll be back next week. Next week, we are at episode number 150. How about that? So, for Jen Sturger and Cody Decker, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 149. And we will talk to you next week. See you.